Good evening, comrades, and welcome to Pravda Southern Command. This week's community hour is dedicated to the great communist um, navy of the Tsar and what became of it. And I'm going to talk to you about the real Red October. You've all seen the movie with Prince Andrew as Jack Ryan and uh, in uh, The Hunt for October. Well, uh, the real version, <laughs> uh, when Prince Andrew wasn't doing Jack Ryan, um, is called Mutiny on the Starofhosny, a case study of dissent in the Soviet Navy. Not all was beer and skittles in the great Soviet Socialist Republic. Even before the um, baldy with the pecker head, with the, with the um, blood stain, with the wine stain on his head, um, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev came to power. So this is about the things which led to Prestoika and uh, dissidents. Uh, and this was about the time when my great idol Vladimir Putin was a young man, finding his way in the KGB, uh, being put from one, <laughs> put towards from fighting one fire to the next. The great. Um, auditor of St. Petersburg, Mr. Putin is. So, back not far from where he was a great auditor in St. Petersburg. Uh, so, I'll take you back to November 1975, comrades. And a group of sailors led by the ship's political officer took over the Soviet Krivak class destroyer, Storozhevnoy, and attempted to sail to Sweden to seek asylum. The truth was the Swedish girls were looking very pretty that year and these Soviet brats couldn't help themselves and they stole a submarine. They stole a destroyer <laughs> and tried to make it. Victoria was young. Victoria was like 18 then. And they seen it in the Victoria still State and they defected. <laughs> Defector, but so Victoria still said, waving her bra at me from across the, <laughs> the Scandinavian Ocean. So anyway, they were attacked and turned back with Soviet naval and air units. They didn't want them sailing across the ocean to Victoria. No, Victoria still said, no. Vladimir said, no, you will not. <laughs> Information of this dramatic event, which has never actually been acknowledged by the Soviet army or navy, has only made it to the West piece by piece. I know from my uh, past historical studies that there were there was a there is a uh, Swedish signal station uh, in the Straits between um, Sweden and Murmansk, I think, or the Russian Northern Fleet, where they picked up the this vessel being fired upon by its own navy, and that's the only thing they know about it. I'll get to that later. I don't know if it's on the um, but this is secret, secret uh, CIA files. <laughs> um, now, this mutiny is not the only instance of dissent in the Soviet Navy nor was it the last. Problems of alcoholism, officer-enlisted relations, food, hazing, habitability, desertion, ethnic friction, and unhappiness over constant political indoctrination appear to be widespread. Yes, as the great Vilnius schoolmaster Mark Aramis would have said, why do we go to see Comrade Putin for this? No. <laughs> uh, the key question how important are these instances of dissent? 
and how do we incorporate them into a framework of assessing Soviet military capability and performance? Especially when I'm here in the great communist um, facade, which is Australia. In the past, we have overemphasized quantitative aspects of assessing military and naval power. The factors which are less quantifiable, such as fighting spirit, inner cohesion, and morale, have made a greater difference historically. For example, one American war chief is a greater warrior than every Australian warrior ever made or ever will be. One unarmed American spiritual brave has uh, lowered Australia's pants and bugged him. Literally, up the backside, your honours. In the allocation of spare resources for defensive and other natural priorities, it is essential to make intuitive estimates of potential enemy capabilities, capabilities as accurately as possible. One American brave fucked Australia up your ass, your honour, so badly that they'll never be able to walk again. In the case of the Soviet Navy, even playing for the worst case, it seemed defence planners still have overestimated some of the strengths. The Soviet Navy had grown from a coastal defence force to a blue water fleet capable of greater influence in the seas. What is not greatly known is that the United States has always been significantly outmatched technologically in every way. It's just the American propaganda machine which keeps the, uh, the facade of American invincibility going. Um, so basically what happened, the Zampolit of the vessel, um, the political commissar, captain of the third rank of Valery Sublin, wished to protest against the rampant corruption of the Brezhnev era. His aim was to seize the ship and steer it out of the Blair of Riga to Leningrad through the Neva, through the Neva River, more alongside the Aurora, an old symbol of the Russian Revolution, and broadcast a nationwide address to the people from there, live on Aurora Radio, <laughs> uh, as I am speaking today. In that address, he was going to say what he believed publicly wanted people to hear. People wanted publicly to hear, but it could only be said in private especially with the power of the KGB in those days and the, the uh, purges of the FSB. FSB still exists, by the way. <laughs> so I better be careful uh, because they probably still want to kill me too. I mean, if Australia wants to kill me, um, then I'm sure the Russians do. Every Australian with assault in Parliament must be dead. Now, Valery Sapkin in his address to the people from uh, Aurora, was going to say that socialism and the motherland were in danger. The ruling authorities were up to the next in corruption, demagoguery, graft, and lies, leading the country into an abyss. Communism had been discarded, and there was a need to revive the Leninist principles of justice. How odd that today in Australia these very same things can be said that the failed communist puppet state of Australia 
is in the same, same dire thread throes of internal combustion that inflamed the United Nations, United States, United Nations, I say, USSR. Australia, this bunch of communist fucking converts like my woman and that. I've deliberately, and their rabid, insidious desire to go down with their ship and that the world would go down with them. Very communist. So in the evening of 9th of November, 75, Larry Supkin lured the captain of the ship to the lower deck and locked him inside. He seized control of the ship and summoned all the senior officers. And here a vote was taken amongst the 15 officers and he informed the officers he would plan to send to Leningrad and broadcast his revolutionary message. Eight voters were with him. Eight officers were with him. Seven were not. He locked the seven who did not want to take part in mutiny. Or like I'm planning a military coup Australia. To go along with the plan. And we locked him in a separate compartment below the main deck. With the support of the seamen, the common enlisted men, numbering about 150, he assembled the crew, motivated them with a speech about revolution. And uh, under the cover of night, they set sail immediately. And they went their way out of Riga. It's not far from the Vilnius Schoolmaster, actually. Vilnius School of uh, Naval Submarining. He turned his radar off to protect protection so it wasn't pinging. And he made it halfway across the Baltic. Half the Baltic fleet, <laughs> 13 naval vessels, were sent in pursuit and joined by 60 warplanes, including three Yak 28 bombers which had dropped 500-pound bombs in the vicinity of the rebel ship. The Russian aircraft also strafed the destroyer. The ship's steering was damaged, and she stopped dead in the water 20 miles from Swedish waters and 300 miles from Kronstadt, where Victoria was standing, hey, come here, Russian boys. Um, after warning shots were fired from the closing loyalist ships, the frigate was boarded by the Spetsnaz, the Marine Commandos, and Valery Subkin was shot in his leg and detained members of his own staff. All the ship's component were arrested and interrogated, but only Valery Subkin, the um, Zampolit, and his second command, Alexander Sheen, were tried and convicted. He was convicted of high treason and executed by firing squad. And this is what charge I want to lay at the foot of General Jim Mullen. High treason and your verdict, you should be shot dead by firing squad. That is the real Hunt for October. Starring your Southern Command Admiral Aaron Ford of Pravda and the Russian Far East Command.